Welcome back to the Outreach Project family. This is Josh. This is Zach. This is Elijah. Hello. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Guys, I'm so freaking excited. <laughs> Are you really? Yeah. <laughs> this is so weird. Is this going to be controversial? <laughs> Gosh, I hope not. <laughs> I mean, if me and Josh are talking, there's going to be something controversial. <laughs> uh, but I want you guys to be the ones in controversy, <laughs> not me. All right. That's, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Yeah, so who are you? What do you do? That's What's a great your life question. like? That's a great question. Um, I'm Elijah. I work here at the church. I do a little bit of everything, but mostly I do some communication stuff. I do some social stuff, do some webs- website stuff, like building a young adult web page, you know, things like that. Um, help out on the worship team when they need that. That's not, that's not paid. That's serving. It's 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 whatever, but it's yeah. It's most a week, so it's it's it? a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> Coming off of Easter, it's a lot. <laughs> but it's all good. Did what? you start that camera? Yeah, dude. I didn't know if we did. No, we'll just double check. Yeah, we'll whatever. double check. This is raw, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it started. I shut it off. I didn't remember. Yeah, we're rolling. You guys, you guys even know that. Yeah. The last but, podcast I watched, you guys said that there was a, a live audience, but that has not happened now. So it's not. We warned them about. I needed to guys. bring a significant other for them. You to have to bring your own live yeah. audience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, in version two of this, when I do a reappearance in five years, we'll. Okay. I'll bring a live audience. That'd be sweet. <laughs> More gray hair and. Uh, uh, <laughs> this is the controversial stuff I'm talking about, guys. That's Just okay. got into the episode. Joining the controversial. That's okay. How was uh, Easter preparation? Uh, what did that it, look like? It was good. Um, you guys came, I assume, right? Yeah, I saw, you, did. I saw yeah, you, guys. yeah. you talked about it. Um, <laughs> it's good. Uh, we we always try to with passion week try to bring people along like you you get into the the flows and rhythms of life and uh we try to bring some intentionality and slow down and kind of meditate on the week a little bit more and um so we had the experience out in the lobby and that was Mm -hmm. that was pretty well attended a lot of people sweet um dropped off some prayers and and interacted with that a lot and i think that was kind of like double the people that interacted with that last year so um it's not about numbers but that means that it's it's connecting with a lot of people and people are engaging and obviously good friday was great easter was a blast uh, we had magic on Easter, so that was that but was fun. The resurrection is not magic. But the resurrection, to be clear, <laughs> yes, let's be clear on that. <laughs> that was uh, the point. <laughs> Jesus did not do a magic trick. <laughs> it happened. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry you missed that yesterday, <laughs> Zach. But it's not. It's not a trick. I remember six weeks ago, Riley telling us that they were already preparing for Easter. Yeah. And we were like amazed that you guys prepared that far in advance for. Easter. Well, I'll blow your mind a little bit more. The hope is that we're doing that in January or December. Like, that's the hope, but... Why is that? Like, why are Christmas and Easter such focal points? Besides the obvious, like, Jesus is born, Jesus died and rose again. But like, yeah. Why not every week? Uh, it's a good question. It really is. Um, what I think that we've found and what the church has found 
is that when those holidays come around, that people are just more open to like, okay, maybe I'll check this out. Um, That's not saying that people don't have questions or need hope other times of year. But for whatever reason, especially in Indiana, in the wintertime, when it's really, really dark for a whole lot of the day, um, you know, people get seasonal depression. I, I get that from time to time. Um, and, and it just affects their mood and then they start to get down and they're, they're looking for hope. And so Christmas is obviously one of those. And then Easter, I mean, everybody, you could not, not be a church person and you still like know Easter and maybe Mm -hmm. even celebrate Easter Mm -hmm. just because, um, it's so big. So it's one of those that, that we put a lot of effort into just because we know that there will be people for sure, um, showing up and who need to hear hope. And so, Mm -hmm. um, it's not that the other Sundays we don't prep for, um, because those are equally as important, just as much as the day after Sunday is important. Like, there's always an opportunity yeah. for somebody to find Jesus, and so, um, yeah, we we prep a lot for Easter and Christmas, but yeah, and it takes a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of an obvious question. Those yeah. are probably the two the biggest huge. attended church services of the year. Mm-hmm. So. I think it's always cool coming into church on Easter Sunday or Christmas and seeing all the. How full the parking lot is every year. It's really cool yeah. to see that. And then yeah. you have to park in the back. And you're like, oh. But like, oh, that sucks. And you're like, oh, that's kind of cool that I have to park Right, right. The human side of you is like, ah, oh, man, could these people not be here? It and then you sucks go, mm. more on Christmas when there's It's snow. colder. It's colder. <laughs> it's colder. It's colder. No, I, I was telling somebody today, my favorite moment from, um, from Easter was sometimes I just get to take my ears out and the sound, the amount of volume that's coming back was so loud. And really? That, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, so we just heard so many people singing. And that's harder when it's a smaller group, but when you get that volume in there, um, it makes it easier to lead because you can tell the engagement with the voices. So it was a cool moment. And yep. being able to just like take the ears out and go, oh, I hear it. It's yeah. awesome. You're on worship team, clearly. I am. What's yep. your role on that? Um, it's changed over the years. I've been, I've been here at first church for 10 years on staff. And, um, initially I was kind of paid to be uh, on, um, the worship team as like Holly's number two. And then as she's gotten some more help, I've kind of shifted around a little bit, but, um, I'm really, it's, I'm, I happen to be here, but we have a, we actually have a worship leadership team. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are individuals that we've kind of selected who we've, who we've seen some potential in, not just to lead songs, but to lead just spiritually, e- either that be in the worship team or, or on a bigger scale. And so I'm part of that team. And really at that table, we're all equals. So in Holly, I think would say the same thing there. She's an equal with everybody else um, at that table. And we really value their, their input and their discussion. And if you guys have done things like encounters, like some of them mm-hmm. have planned those, that's not just Holly anymore. So it's, it's cool. It's a team that's able to lead um, in some interesting ways. Um, Jackson's a part of that team yep. and Jackson is actually now, doing a lot of helping Holly plan um, services on Sunday. And that's, that's the dream. I think like being on staff, being involved in ministry, but having other people step up um, to the plate and go, no, I want to take a hold of this and take ownership in it. I want to do a podcast because I love the church and I get to know people. That's that, that means the world. And that's what helps the church thrive and grow more than anything. 
Wow. Really well said. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna Are you not used to that on the podcast? Uh, not from you, but... <laughs> no, I get it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, what's, like, what's your favorite worship song? Like, what does worship mean to you? Yeah. Uh, two questions. Yeah, two yeah, good two questions. questions. Let's, let's do the worship song one first, because yeah. that one's a little easier. Um, I think... That, that answer will change any given week because when a song hits and it connects in a different way, then that just becomes your favorite for a while. Yeah. Um, and I really like Sunday is Coming. That's the one we just did at the end of service um, for Easter. I like songs more and more. What a beautiful name. Um, it is. Does the same thing. I like songs right now that tell the story of God's people. And what, what a beautiful name does that. Sunday's Coming does that with the resurrection. I like those kind of songs because they're singable, but they remind you of the story. Um, some other songs, are they, they tell great truths, but they don't remind you of, of the, the mm. historicalness of, of some of it. So I like those. That feels like I'm connected with a little bit more of the church as a whole throughout history rather than just mm-hmm. the church present. Yeah. Um, and then what does worship mean to me? Um, that, that's the, deep. the ways that I practice it is deep. Um, the ways that I practice it have changed over the years. And I think I'm still growing in my understanding of that. It's one of the misnomers of, of like being on staff or being involved in a church is then people go, you have the answers and you've got it figured out. But, uh, over these last 10 years, even I've grown a lot in what that is. So worship for me is anything that I do, but then all recognize God within it and then give him glory. Um, so the obvious grab for me is music. Music's the way that I express worship a whole bunch. Um, but there are times that I'm drawn into worship and it sounds crazy, but when I go to a restaurant and I have a meal and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is so good. Um, that's a worship moment for me. It really is. And being able to go, it's incredible that I can even like taste these flavors together and recognize how good God is inside of some of that in the everyday is something I'm growing in, but that's what, that's what worship is. Worship is just being able to, to, to take in a moment, take in God's goodness and then go, God, you are so good because of this. And that, that I didn't used to be somebody who connected with nature and like recognize God in nature. And I know those people. And then we took a trip out to California and I went, I get all of this now. <laughs> like here it's cornfields and cornfields don't do a whole lot for me. And you're used to it. So. You're used to yeah. it, but you go into a new environment or you see a sunset and it hits just right. And you're like, my goodness, God is amazing. Yeah. So that's what worship is to me. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, uh, let's step back a little bit. Let's get to know a bit of you, how you grew up and then let's like transition that into how you got the job here at first church. So from like growing up to high school, college, yeah. Then, yeah. So I've shared um, parts of that, and I'm going to do an abbreviated version because because yep. it's it could get long. But um, growing up, I grew up in kind of like a, a more charismatic setting. Um, but then my parents eventually got divorced, and that 
that sent me on a spiral into, I, I was very angry as a child. Um, I started to become physically violent and started to beat people up and, and that, that got a little out of control. And so eventually got involved in the court system, probation. Um, was this in Indiana? This was here. Yeah. yeah. Columbia this, was, this was Columbia city. Yeah. Columbia, you grew up Columbia city. I grew up Columbia okay. city. Yeah. Born and raised. Good to Born know. And raised. CC. Um, so got involved in some of that and actually there's, there's people from this church. I, I got kind of put into an after school program through the court system. And there are some people from this church that, that were a part of that and helping with some That's of awesome. that. And no, it, it is. And I'm, I'm still to this day grateful to, to know those people. Um, and so seeing some of that influence and finding a safe space there, um, and then just given time eventually, uh, got out of some of that. I remember one time I, I got sent away t- for, for a little bit and was kind of confronted with the reality of this could be my life moving forward. Like if I keep going down this path, jail is the option. And so I remember just sitting like in a bunk one night confronted with that reality. And then I, f- I felt very much like that's when God became real to me. God met me in that moment and uh, changed some things for me for sure. And so through time, got involved in, in church again. I rejected it for a long time because my, my thought at, at the moment was if, if the Bible is true and if, if God wants all of these things, but my parents can't live that out, then why should I need to live any of that out too? So I kind of disregarded church. Um, but through some persistence of some family members and, and people that I knew, uh, got, got involved again. And that was slow going. Um, and, but people talk about making your faith your own. Mm-hmm. And eventually I, I had to do that. That, that was making your faith your own. I know this is here we go. Controversy, um, is really kind of what deconstruction is now, right? It's, it's trying to figure out what parts of, uh, what I was taught am I going to hold on to and what parts am I going to let go? Because I, I, need to relate to God in a certain way. And, and I was taught some damaging things as a kid about God. And so I needed to cut some of that out. And that's been a long process. That's a, that's a, I know I have gray hair, but that's 33 year old me um, is still in process with some of that is, is re- rediscovering who God is all the time. Um, and so eventually, you know, really got sold out for the church again. My parents were a great example of that, of how to serve in the church, even from a young age. They, we were in the, in the church building all the time throughout the week. VBS, um, they were decorating rooms. That was just a part of it. So once, once it became my own, I, I just dove headlong into it. And I went, okay, God, if, if this is real for me and you're real for me, then I'm selling out for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't, that didn't mean that I got the job here because of that. There, there there's a long gap oh, yeah. there. Um, eventually, ended up getting married, finding a, finding a, a girlfriend who who I married. How old was? I was twenty when I got married. Okay. She was twenty six. Older older women. Um, <laughs> That's a common theme here. Uh, hey, uh, it is what it is. 
Um, so I was 20. It was, it was pretty young. Um, and, and that has its own set of circumstances too and, and things that you got to work through. Um, but we're going on, we just celebrated 12 years. So we got married in November. Okay. Um, so November will be 13 years of that. Um, but even through that, like just did some, some everyday normal jobs that sometimes I wish I could go back and do again. I, at one point I was working in a warehouse, mm-hmm. um, and I loved that job. I, I loved thinking about organizing and, and efficiency inside of some of that. And then I was a janitor for a couple of years. I was actually a janitor right before I got the job here. Uh, I was just cleaning some buildings and that was some really good time of God teaching me what it meant to be a servant because you go into a building, it's after hours. I never met anybody who, who was in that building. Um, but I was like getting so angry at the messes that were made from these people I had never met. And I was like, what is this all about? Um, and so for two years, I've, I've not literally washed their feet, but as I, I cleaned up after people and, and washed their feet. Um, and that was a good refining process too. Um, and I feel like that set me up then when I finally did come here and start working inside of the church. I felt like a lot of that was just setting me up to, to know what it means to serve people. And again, I'm still learning some of that. Um, a lot of people think that what we do throughout the week is playing for Sundays and that's definitely a part of it. Um, but serving people means going to their weddings and their funerals. And it means, um, going to their graduation parties and it means staying an hour after a service because they have some questions and they just need some hope at the moment. So, um, there's a lot of ways to wash people's feet other than the literal Mm -hmm. washing of feet. And so I feel like, you know, my life leading up set me up to be here. And then I've been here 10 years, 10 years is a long time. (laughs) Has your role changed a lot throughout that 10 years or has it been pretty much the same? I think I've always done like the same thing. I've always been the guy who um, knew how to, I went to school for graphic design. I never finished, never finished school, but I went to school for graphic design and uh, really got into that. And so that's what I originally brought me here was they're like, we need somebody to do some video and some graphics and stuff. And that brought me here. And then it's, it's really just kind of, evolved from there. website got added. So I, I learned those skills, um, needed help in worship. So I helped with worship and, um, yeah, so it, I don't know that it's changed from the original, but there's been some additions and subtractions within it, but it's always kind of been yeah. that. What was your like first official title here? Like just media? It's always been communications, communications director. director. Yeah. Yep. Mm. What's that mean? Gosh, it's a great question. Uh, I do go. You, home. Do you know what that means? I go home sometimes, and uh, Jolene, my wife, is like, "I was trying to explain what you do at the church, and I, I couldn't do it." <laughs> I was like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "I, I just help communicate information." And she's like, "Yeah, but like, do you give presentations?" <laughs> like, no. What? Well, what are your meetings like? And I was like, okay. Well, I, so she doesn't even know. Do you do the bulletins? So part of it is that, right? Like okay. communications director is really just like, how does information get across different spectrums? So um, the bulletin, I've always done the bulletin. We used to do video announcements um, back in the day. So I would do some of those. 
Um, we have a, a weekly email that goes out on Sunday mornings. That's the same kind of stuff. Um, again, website. So that's all communication related. Yeah. Um, you, you know, making cards to hand out for Easter, all of that stuff. That that's all kind of the a lot stuff of that I digital do. communication. A lot now. of digital. Yeah. We we do some printed from time to time. Fall fest happens. People got to know about it. Yep. So that falls under me. <laughs> Along with some other things. <laughs> <laughs> Along with worship meetings. <laughs> Lots of meetings sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like meetings? I like meetings that have purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Look, every place falls into that at some point. Like the, the adage is like, hey, this could have been an email. And sometimes there are meetings. And you're like, I think this could have been an email. That's everywhere, by the way. That's not just here. Um, Who, who's the biggest culprit of that? Of calling meetings? Yeah. That could have been emails? Yeah. Oh, I'm not even going to call out <laughs> names on this. Honestly, I don't know. I don't, I don't yeah, know if there's do. anybody who, who would be that. Um, <laughs> Rob calls a lot of meetings. That's all I know. <laughs> that's right. I'm coming for you, Rob. Rob's meetings are intentional, though. They are. <laughs> are they? They are. Yes. Sweet. What do you do uh, for fun when you get home? Uh, well, having two girls. I have two girls, Luna and Nova. Um, Luna's seven. Nova's three. They take up time when you get home. It's a good taking up of time. <laughs> it's not like uh, uh, i got to deal with these these two yahoos. <laughs> um and that's been sweet. It, it goes by. Everybody says it goes by really fast. It does. It, it, Luna's seven, and that blows my mind because it feels like we just had her. Um, so they take up a lot of time. Every other Monday, I get together with some guys. We have board game night. I'm a huge board gamer. I have like a whole wall full of um, those. So I love that. Favorite board game? Favorite board game. Golly. That's the name of it. Oh, no, no, I'm just oh. kidding. No. Um, you could have fooled us. Again, any given day, that's going to be a different answer. But... Catan. Catan's a classic, right? It is. It's it's so good. And the, the guy just died who designed that. He just passed away. R.I.P. R.I.P. Klaus Teuber. Um, Catan's one that you pull out with everybody. So I really do, I, I do like Catan. I think right now my favorite is probably... Um, a game called Ra. It's named after the Egyptian sun god. Um, seems kind of idly. Seems kind of like maybe you shouldn't play it as a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I love it. It's a it's an easy game, but um, and it's an it's a classic. It's I think it's older than Catan. Wow. But I like it. But I also just got like a new edition of it at the house. Sweet. Yeah. So some of the things I do for fun. Obviously, I do music for fun in the, mm-hmm. in the spare time, too. Have you guys, as a church, or you personally, ever written a song? No. I Music was kind of an escape for me. So during a lot of that time period, my dad went to prison during a lot of my own turmoil. Um music was kind of an escape and I would, I would just like play it for like eight or nine hours at a time and just kind of like get lost in it. Um, and at that point my mom had purchased a lot of equipment for me to like possibly write my own stuff, but I just don't feel like that's a strength of mine. And so 
I've never written anything. We we did do a little bit of songwriting as a church at one point, but felt like that wasn't our strong suit, even collectively. Um, so have I written a song? Parts of a lot of them. Yeah. But nothing. Nothing that I'm like, yes, this is the song, and I'm really proud of it. Yeah. What instruments do you play? I I mean typically it's what you see on stage. I Just play guitar. play guitar. Um, started out with electric guitar. Really got into electric guitar because I watched a, a Metallica concert on DVD, and I was like, I want to do that. And so Metallica is the reason that I play on the worship team. <laughs> That's kind of ironic. Um, <laughs> it is. I still I still love listening to some of their stuff, but. Um, that's what got me into electric. And then uh, as a worship guy, like acoustic just comes along naturally mm-hmm. too. And then my wife is a piano major. And so we have a piano in the house. I can play piano, but everybody on stage does it better than I do, but I can get by. Um, other than that, I attempted drums one time. <laughs> uh, we, uh, <laughs> me and some, me and uh, me, Landon, one of the drummers on the team and Seth, one of the bass players, Got together and I was like, let me let me just try drums. Why not? Because I got really good at rock band drums, so I thought, well, that translates. Obviously, um, and turns out it does a little bit. Once Landon was like, okay, so this would be the yellow symbol. This would be the, and then I was playing <laughs> them, and I was like, actually, this kind of works. Uh, so if you feel like you're good at rock band drums, try real drums. It might happen. Yeah, um, those are your boys too, Landon and Seth. They're, they're good friends for a long time. Yep. We've been through a lot together. Um, so, but when you have Landon as a drummer, like I'm not going to step into that role. We'll let him do what he's good at. <laughs> you know how to play bass at all? Uh, so good play, good bass players. What I'm about to say doesn't apply to them. Um, but if you can play guitar, you can, you can play okay bass because a bass is just the four strings rather than the other two. So any guitar player can play a bass, um, but really good b- bass players, that's that's a whole different breed. Playing bass well is is not something that guitar players can do. But yeah, I can pick up a bass would, and play the notes. Would you say Seth is a really good bass player? I make fun of Seth all the time, and everybody on the worship team knows that he is a very average bass player. And he would say that about himself. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> really? Yes. Yeah. And no one could tell, like in the crowd. Not you, crowd. You got to hit right the, notes, man. Congregation. congregation. Yeah, sorry. It's not a concert. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we all use different terms. Sometimes yeah. it's audience. Sometimes it's crowd. Um, yeah, I mean, all you have to do is, is not mess up the notes and, and you're good. But then we get a, we get Cape Boy up there, and he adds a little bit more flavor to it. And he's better than Seth. <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Again, Seth, this isn't news to you or anybody else. <laughs> I mean, I knew it. <laughs> so we all knew it. We're just saying the thing out loud. So Seth, bad bass player. Cape Boy, really good bass player. I think that's what I said. Yeah. Yeah. How, yeah. How's Jennifer? Jennifer, yeah. great. She's great. Better than Seth. Is she better than Seth? Yeah. We're not going to go there. Seth's a friend and Cape Boy's really good. Uh, I think. Oh, no. I think Jennifer, uh, Jennifer is just as good as Seth. Yes. Absolutely. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's not like you're trying to put on a, it's not a, competition, put on a guys. show or no, no. it's the worship God. Exactly. That can look many different look, ways. Look, I, uh, every single Sunday at some point, my voice cracks. Oh, it's, we know. It just yeah. happens. Like we're all, we're all just <laughs> getting by. 
<laughs> and then we've got some really good people. <laughs> uh, I love the laugh when you voice cracks. What? Can we laugh at you when your voice cracks on Sunday? Uh, it, at this point, it happens so frequently that I would be more offended if people were trying to hold hide the fact that it happened. <laughs> That's true. So, plus, I'm not looking at you. <laughs> well, you laugh all you want to. <laughs> so when you're when you're on stage and like uh-huh. a malfunction happens, uh-huh. how do you guys like react internally or like what goes on behind the scenes after? Like, um, well, it happens almost every week. Like something happens. Mm-hmm. That's just the nature of a lot of people either playing music or we have a lot of tech in the room that happens, projectors and whatnot. Um, so something happens every week and most of the time it's pretty good. If, if you ever, there are times where like the team will look at each other and if you go, something felt weird there and you see us look at each other, that's guaranteed something happened. Um, normally that means Holly came in at the wrong time. <laughs> I do notice, like, like no, 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 this, like, someone messes up and Holly, like, comes in, saves the day every yeah, time. It, it's, it's, yeah. We all pick each other up. We all <laughs> screw it up so much. <laughs> What's your worst screw up on stage? Mine? Yes. Um, starting a song in a wrong key. Oh, that's fine. Like singing or? Yeah. Yeah. It's fine until everybody else starts playing with you. And then you realize that they're like, I'm playing capoed, but everybody else isn't. And so then everybody else starts to play and you're like, something's wrong. But then you have to stick with it or else it's weird or no. Or, or you just go, uh, I'm sorry. We're going to start that song over. I've definitely heard you do that before. I got a question. Do you like tune your guitar in the middle of service? Yeah, all the time. Because I definitely feel like click the foot thing on the ground and you're just like so there's doing two, your thing. There's there's two foot things, um, and electric players have this the most. But um, yes, tuning because what happens is on a guitars are wood and wood expands and contracts based on temperature. Um, and what happens is we'll come in early on a Sunday and it'll be one temperature. But by the time second service hits, it's a different temperature in the room. And so things can flex a little bit. Plus, I'm terrible with changing my strings. And that that will also make it go out of tune more. Um, and depending on how how much you get into it, there's, there's a lot of factors there. So I'm just always making sure that it's in tune because that's one of those things that if it's not, can just stick out. And the whole goal like from the worship team on a Sunday is we want to eliminate as many distractions as we can and not become distractions ourselves so that people can meet with Jesus and not us. Mm-hmm. But as soon as we start to add some of those things in there, like a, a tuned guitar that might be tuned weird or wrong timing, like those things can have an impact on and pull people out of a moment. And so we're just trying to do our best to, to eliminate a lot of those. But um, so yeah, a lot of times I do tune in between songs, especially if I'm like, something sounds off and it's probably me. Um, but then the other one is a lot of times with electrics, there's just delays that you set. And so there's a click going in our ears and we're just trying to set the, the tempo to that. Hmm. There's a lot that happens in our ears that you guys don't hear. There's a lady who goes Interesting. one, two, three, four. <laughs> yeah. Huh. I'm going to get an earpiece next Sunday just to listen to what you guys listen to. Ashley was like, what goes on in your ears? And I'm like, a whole bunch of stuff. Don't, don't worry about it. Yeah. Riley up in the booth or whoever's up in the booth that Sunday, they can talk to us through the ears. 
thank goodness they don't do it a lot. But Oh, I would totally mess with you. That's why you're not up there. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we have a vetting process for who's allowed to do that. We'd stuff. get kicked out. <laughs> Probably. We, that's why we have a podcast. We can just you, free will ourselves. You, you guys can do whatever you want to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so a little bit more serious. As you've worked here, how mm-hmm. have you grown in Christ? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, like I said, it's been 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the most valuable thing to my faith, if I, if I have the liberty to rephrase that a little bit, yeah. um, the most valuable part of my faith growing in the last 10 years is being able to sit with other people and talk about things. Um, pastors and people who work in church aren't exempt from having questions. And some of the most meaningful times that I've had in just kind of developing is being able to ask questions with people um, who who are all at the same place. And, you know, I I don't think the same way that I did 10 years ago when I started at 23. Um, That's not saying that the way that I think now is right and that I was wrong then. But as as I've grown and gotten older, some things that used to, I used to get like really, really riled up and die on some hills. And those things kind of, you, you realize that those aren't worth dying for anymore. Um, and you're really making mountains out of molehills. And I'd rather just fight for the things that, that are valuable. Um, and that's different for everybody, but, um, being able to do some of that and honestly being inside of a church, and just seeing what God is doing in so many people's lives, like seeing even the fire that he's lit with you guys, like every time young adults come back from passion and just see like how God has gotten a hold of them and then what comes out of that, that kind of stuff is so important for even my faith. Um, because there's times, no matter who you are, where it just feels like a desert. And that's why community is so important because while I'm going through a personal desert, it may be raining on somebody else. And so that person is actually sustaining me too. Mm-hmm. I've got a drought, but I'm getting a little bit of rain from what God's doing over there. And then there's, that's the importance of like sharing your story with people is just God is, is moving and doing incredible things all the time. And if we're not telling people what he's doing, if we're, if we're not able to share that because we're, we're afraid, um, or whatever it might look like. We're really depriving other people of some, some faith, like sharing of testimony builds faith in people. And we've got to be able to do that for each other. And we've got to be able to carry each other when, when my faith is low. Um, and Holly will say this even on Sundays, she comes in some Sundays and she's like, I've had a bad weekend. Like just life happens and I'm coming in and I'm kind of empty. And that's why that, that worship leadership team is so important because then we go, okay, we're stepping up and we'll kind of step in place of some of that. Like nobody's exempt from that. Yeah. Um, and so I've learned about what heaven on earth can look like and feel like and what the family of God can look like here on earth. That's what I've learned, I think, the most over these 10 years. And it's incredible. It can be incredible. Yeah. I'm excited to get this out to the people. You kind of shared a bit of your early life. I mm-hmm. think it can touch maybe some parents with yeah. um, kids going through yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Show there's hope. I mean, you've For grown sure. For sure. a lot. For sure. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's, that's happened before. I've, I've shared before, like a long time ago on Father's Day, 
And that's exactly what happens is there's a lot of parents who come up and go, I just need to know that like this part's rough, but I need to know that on the other side that, that something can be okay. And, Mm -hmm. and I think that that's good, but we all have those things, right? We all have those things that we can be hope for in other people. Um, and so you got to keep sharing that hope. Mm -hmm. What are you personally in right now with God, scriptures, books, yeah, I, somebody just asked me this yesterday, Sweet. Um, so I'm kind of primed for this one. Um, me and my wife and my family have been kind of leaning into, have you guys ever heard of John Mark Comer at all? No. Um, he, did, he did a book, he's, he used to be a pastor out, I think, in Portland, but he, he, he's an author as well. We should get him on. And he, Hey, go for it. <laughs> uh, doesn't hurt to ask. He's, he's incredible. But um, he wrote a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And so my wife's been going through that. And at the same time, he, he took a sabbatical for a year and then started to do this thing called Practicing the Way. And it's all about what like spiritual formation and discipline looks like uh, for us now. And so part of that, he, he does one of these circles or, or whatever they call them, I can't remember, on uh, Sabbath, on like taking a day, setting that aside and going, I've got to, I've got to draw some boundaries on this um, because we just get so numb to the busyness of life. And... Um, God has created us with some sort of natural order and progression and some natural rhythms. And one of those is rest. And so that it's a, it's a really good practice. Sabbath is just of work really hard for six days and then rest on that seventh day and don't only rest, but delight, like take time to really, really delight in what life has and what God has given you delight so that you can go back and work a really, really hard six days again. And that's a natural rhythm that we're built with. Um, And what we end up doing is instead of having this time of rest and delight so we can work really hard, we end up lying to ourselves and just being plateaued the whole time. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've been practicing some Sabbath things and trying to to eliminate and and make space for God inside of some of that. Um, And we've got um, some other people who are doing that too that we've, we've shared some time with. Um, so that, and then he does one on prayer and then they're, they're currently going through one on fasting too. So I'm really just kind of in this, um, for like the last six months of really trying to dig in to spiritual formation and what does that look like? And, and, and how, how do I practice my faith? Not only in the sharing of story and hope, but what are some disciplines? You know, people think about them as reading your Bible and, oh yeah, I probably should pray too, although I'm not that good at it. Um, and really that's all they think about, but rather like creating Sabbath, creating space for God um, as a discipline, prayer, yes, as a discipline, um, and fasting as a discipline rather than like, well, I really want that thing, so now I'm going to fast for a little bit. So maybe if I if I fast on top of it, God will answer it. Um, <laughs> instead of like fasting being this holistic, and this is what I'm finding for me, my my physical health and my spiritual health are connected for me. So when I'm not doing well spiritually, I eat like garbage because food is a comfort for me. Um, I eat like garbage. Um, 
I get lethargic. I sit on the couch a lot. I, I tend to get into um, longer ses- sessions of video games. I like playing video games. It's not a bad thing. Um, but how long I spend with them mm-hmm. um, becomes longer. But spiritually, when I'm doing well, then I, I automatically want to take care of my physicality too. And that may not be true for everybody, but those are so connected with me that as soon as I start to notice like I'm just grabbing chocolate all the time, I go, whoa, something is up also spiritually. Um, and that has been, that has rung true a hundred percent. Why do you think that is? Why do you think they're connected? Um, I think because, you know, the Bible talks about our bodies being a temple and it's the, the, the dwelling house of God. Now yeah. it used to be uh, a physical location, but now God in us. Um, and so I think, how could they not be connected? Like how, how could the Holy spirit dwelling in me, and when, when I'm not feeling well spiritually, how could that not affect me f- physically? Because I'm a temple. That's, that's at least how I look at it. No, Theologically, sure. I don't know how that works itself out. And I'm sure that, you know, somebody might have problems have with it. have to take care of the temple, which... You have to, It's yeah. quite obvious that being lazy and eating chocolate isn't... Well... It doesn't feel like a great use of time yeah, in excess, right? Yeah, Chocolate's exactly. Great. I'm a chocolate lover. I love chocolate. Um, it's good. But anything in excess, and it's it's really me trying to numb myself and take care of myself and not letting God do that. Exactly. Too. So yep. that's that's where it comes. That's where the tie is for me. Which almost can be idolizing that. Yeah. Stuff. Oh, oh totally. Well, and, and there's there's so many things. Speaking of idols, there's so many things that we think are good for us that can, can become idols, and mm-hmm. but they could even be Christian things. Um, like self care. Like. Like anytime we elevate even maybe a spiritual practice above Jesus himself, we start to make that thing an idol. We start to make some of the ways that we practice things idols. Family is a really, really good biblical thing. Um, and you definitely should take care of them um, and, and train them up in the ways of the Lord. But I've seen people idolize family and family becomes the thing Absolutely. Um, that that they're putting above God and they're like, well, sure. Yeah. God's there, but like my family becomes more important and it's just trying to reorient that all the time. So there are some good things that like family is an idol and can be an idol. If, if you have the wrong perspective on it, if those things get out of order, mm-hmm. which happens all the time, I'm constantly trying to re- like remember the order and then reorder and reprioritize. And, I think a lot of people thinking, and me included, um, could think, well, family's a good idol. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, For anything me. above God is not good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And, and again, it's it's not even that, like, family is, is a bad thing. Not at all. It's just when, when the order shifts. Yep. So uh, a family that is pursuing Christ together, that's ideal. And you want that and you want to delight in that. And you want to delight in your family. And, you know, I, I, I have two girls. I want to protect them and they are very important to me. Um, Jesus is that much more important. And because he's so important and they see that, then hopefully I'm directing them towards him mm-hmm. and going like, yeah, follow me and imitate me as I imitate Christ, but focus on Christ, not me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, I think, too, let's go to, like, the relationship side of the family, the wife and husband. If your wife told you, Elijah, I love 
God more than you, that'd probably delight you more than the other way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Turns out I go, yeah, me too. <laughs> that's awesome. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's the ideal. Mm-hmm. That's, that doesn't always play itself out, but that's the ideal. And, and I think we always have at least have to have a goal to aim towards. Right. Yeah. So, it's hard. Sure. It's hard for it to play out. The ideal it, way. It is. It is. But. Life is never how you imagine it. And yep. each step that you take, it'll throw you curveballs and the older I've gotten, the more I, I understand what it means to rely on the Lord. And yeah. I'll, I'll understand that more in 40 years, if I make it that long, um, than, than I do now. <laughs> uh, you never know, man. You never know. I've always said, like... We taking bets? Or? A good 74. I, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I'm okay with letting God decide, but... Well, sure. I'm not going to take, okay take matters into my own hands, but I feel like <laughs> we're done. All I'm right, sure Elijah. Once I, once I get there, I'm sure that I'll go. No, no I can, can go longer. <laughs> Jeez. All right. But you never know. Yeah. Do you have any uh, closing thoughts? Final closing thoughts. Any questions? For final us? concerns and. I have some, yeah, actually I do have some questions for oh, you guys. Boy. Uh, yeah, I feel like Maureen was asking you guys all the time too. Um, Wait till Jonathan's episode. He asked us a lot of questions. Did he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> on the I'll, spot. I'll be looking for it. That was difficult. Um, first question for you guys is, um, why do you hate Noah Khan so much? We don't. I don't know. Who that, don't I really don't know who that is. Okay. Because I've got you, Ashley, and I've got you, Abby. No con represent. Just because we don't. Oh, the, before the episode, he goes, I'm wearing this because you guys hate. And I'm like, dude, that's like a Hawaii shirt. What are you talking about, nope, bro? No, no, no. <laughs> we don't hate him. We just don't listen to him that much. I don't know who that is. Uh, it's fair. It's fair. One day. I, I know a couple of his songs. One day you'll know. Pretty good. Yeah. I prefer worship music. I prefer worship music. Holier than thou. <laughs> Look, I live in this world, and there are days I don't prefer worship music. Um, that, that was obviously a joke question. Um, but question number two, because I, I watched a lot of these podcasts, <laughs> follow up to the Noah Khan question, there was also a, but Morgan Wallen, what's the, what's the best track off of his new album? <laughs> this is the worldliness coming out of me. I haven't listened to his new album yet. And that's messed up. Um, okay. Okay, I appreciate your honesty. He, he's more of a Morgan Wallen fan than I am. I love okay. Morgan Wallen. Okay. I would have him on that And podcast. so your answer is? <laughs> it's called Ain't That Some. <laughs> and yep, yep. I don't condone that song by any means, but it's catchy. It's good. I also like 98 Braves. That's basic. However. 98 Braves is a good one. It's a good one. That's a good one. It's basic. Um, what's the one? I Deserve a Drink. That's really worldly but <laughs> catchy look it's morgan wall it's country music there's gonna yeah. be some worldliness yeah in there. there's also some biblical songs like in the bible <laughs> <laughs> uh, if that's the one i'm thinking of because i don't know the titles that well uh that, one is, that one's terrible <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't just because it says in the bible doesn't no, mean no. Biblical. Like god's plan by drake <laughs> oh yeah i'm just kidding i don't they're your favorites. It's fine. Yeah, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. I also said that Metallica brought me to worship music. It's fine. Yeah. Um, We're not perfect. I think Tennessee Number is that one. That's a good one. I, I think that's I a, like Tennessee Fan better, though. 
Okay. Okay. But that's okay. Um, for you guys, as you look at the landscape of what, what corporate churches, um, where are the, where are the places that you think that we could, we could grow? And you don't even have to talk about first church specifically, but, um, what do you think? Like, I think this is kind of missing or where could we, where could the church grow? Um, and then because we don't always want to dwell on the negative, where's the thing that you feel like the church is really doing well? And again, I'm not specifically talking about us, but like church in America, um, what do you think is, is being done well and you would like to see more of in that space? Um, one thing that I think that the church could do better at, not just obviously, like you said, not just first church, yeah. but I think we need to do a lot better job of meeting people where they are and loving them where they are. Mm-hmm. I think um, so much of Christianity is trying to beat God into people's head by some or at, by, at some churches and not just meeting people where they are and loving them where they are and yeah. showing them God's love and then eventually working that into conversations about God and yeah. church and all that stuff. It's more, I think, we do a bad job of, well, you need to come to church because you're a sinner. Like, I, I think we, yeah. it's too harsh sometimes. We need a, I th- we need to have an urgency, but we don't need to be harsh about it to everybody. We need to meet people where they are and love them where they are and yeah. show them God's love. And yeah, it's a hard balance. Yeah, I think it is. sometimes. I mean, I struggle with it sometimes too. Yeah, because I think the tension lies in I want to love people where they are but I also don't want people to stay where they are. So what does that look like to invite people into the person of Jesus? Mm -hmm. Um, Because we can swing too far the other way where we go, I don't know, like what works for you? What, you know, that, that age old thing. Um, But like, no, I, I, I want to sit with you at the bar if that's what it takes. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't want you to have to clean yourself up to come to church. So I will go there and I will meet you there. Um, but at the same time, like eventually by being around them, I'm going to, you're going to find out I can't stop talking about Jesus and I can't stop talking about the hope and the life that I found in that. And so at some point I'm going to invite you into that. Now it is their choice whether or not they want to yeah. want to, come in deeper to some of that but yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna invite you in so it, it is a tricky balance though and, and i think the the church doesn't just fall on the harsh side sometimes we're too lax about it too i think yeah yeah i think it's a the finding the balance of the perfect middle versus being on yeah one extreme or the other well and the problem comes when you say that this is the way to do it yeah. once you say this is the set way to do it because we're dealing with people everybody's a person and everybody's different. And so there is no one right answer on how somebody comes along in that, that journey. But I, I agree. I think that we could definitely do better at just going, I see where you're at. And instead of trying to give the answer right away, um, the first thing people want a lot of times is just to be recognized and want to be acknowledged and want to know that somebody sees that they're hurting. And then we can have a conversation. Yeah. But if, if you can't recognize that, then I don't actually care what you think. Uh, I think Eugene Peterson, and a, a thing I watched one time, he said, I was, so always, I was always so upset at the people who asked how my soul was, but they didn't know my name. Mm. I was like, that's probably a pretty good way to look at it. Yeah. That's, that's pretty valid. <laughs> yeah. 
What about you, Josh? What, what could the yeah. church do better? I have two. Bring it. All right. My first one, this is pretty simple. I won't elaborate much, but um, I think as a church body, sometimes we can put um, staff or pastors kind of on pedestals. And I think sometimes <laughs> we need to realize, hey, they're human. They're not perfect. Yeah. Just because we have a podcast doesn't mean <laughs> we're we're perfect. <laughs> it's the natural tendency of a platform, though, right? Yeah. As soon as I mean, as soon as there's a platform, people then go, "Oh, now I'm watching you." Yep. We're pushing Christianity. We're pushing Christian community. So then, yeah. we have to be perfect. Or right. I'm up on stage, right, preaching to the congregation. I need to be perfect. But in reality, right. mm-hmm. we're not. And that's actually a beautiful thing. But it has to be. Yeah. It has to be the beautiful thing. The, the beautiful thing is like we don't have it figured out. Um, and that's where grace gets to rush in mm-hmm. and fill all that up. And that's, again, I don't want to sin so that grace may abound. But also I got to fully embrace grace. And what does it look like to be both a sinner redeemed by the work on the cross, but also a co-heir with Christ at the same time? And that's a complex, mm-hmm. paradoxical thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the reality of it. Yeah, and so no, we're not perfect, and it, it, I I would be leery of anybody who ever claimed to be of like, oh no, I think I've got this down. Um, no, you don't. Clearly, <laughs> you, you don't. You don't. And, <laughs> and you lose down. people, right? You yeah. lose people as soon as you start to even give off the air of that. Even if you don't say those words, but you start to have an ego, have an ego, and this thing, people go, oh, okay, I don't. I don't think that's true. So I like that one. Yeah, that's a yeah. that's a common yeah. answer. And then kind of my thought behind hitting up Zach, like, let's make a podcast about this, was I was at Grace Gathering in New Haven, mm-hmm. and they had like a potluck after service. Yeah. They have a lot of tight-knit community. Yeah. Um, and First Church is beautiful. We have good community, but yeah. I'm like, we don't know each other that well. Yeah. Um, a lot of people may not have known you were on staff even. They're like, oh, he just is on worship oh, yeah, that's, team. That's pretty common, and that's okay. Yeah, and that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. But I wish um, this is specifically First Church, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wish we were a bit closer, but then we're also a bigger number, yeah. um, so that's harder to do. So that was kind of the goal of this is yeah. to be able to push to more people. Yeah. Um, digital media is a beautiful thing. It can also be a horrible thing. <laughs> if you misuse it, it can be. Yeah. yeah so we're sure. trying to use what's been used very worldly yeah. most times for, for good. And that was kind of our, yeah. our mission, mission, mission yeah. behind this. Which I think is why I've been such a big uh, fan of this and what you guys are doing is one of one of the things that I want to do in my time here is how do you take a big church and make it feel small? And the reality is I have a lot of questions or a lot of conversations with people um, back that up, to be quite honest. I remember, I think I finally introduced myself to your parents a year ago. I've been here 10 years. <laughs> and a year ago, I, I met them. They were helping out in the, uh, the kitchen on a Sunday morning. I remember you telling me about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that was like the first time I even made the effort to go meet some people that, I, that have been here since I've been here, longer than I've been here. Um, and so even, even I fall into that trap. But um, what I hear so often from people who come into the church 
is that to our church is I like it, but I feel like I'm on the outside. Mm. Um, and that's, that's not anybody's one, any one person's fault. That's just the natural thing that happens after years and years and decades of community with each other is it's hard to break into that. Um, so you take that kind of idea inside of a small group or whatever, and you take that with, with a church that's been around since 1885 or something like that. Like we're over a hundred years old. That's a long standing tradition. And, and there are people who've grown up and been at this church for 70 years, not this building, but this community for, that's hard to break into. Um, and so I agree. I think one of the things I would like to, for our church to, to, to grow in is to keep an eye out, even on Sunday mornings, like have your group of people that you want to catch up with, but um, always keep your eyes out for those other, there, there are other people that they come every week. There are new people in this building every week. Um, and you're not going to know who's new and not. And, and there's so many reasons why we wouldn't go out of our way to, to meet somebody new. Um, but just take the risk, like take the risk and don't say, Hey, are you new here? Like one of the things you can do is just, Hey, I'm so-and-so and I've, I've been here for a long time, but I don't think I've met you. How long have you been here? And that invites that conversation because if you haven't met them, then they definitely haven't met you and they don't know how long you've been there. Right. Yeah. Um, and so then you find out if they're new or if they've been there 10 years. Um, but the beautiful thing about this church and I never want this to leave is it's a multi-generational church. Yeah. It's not just a young person church. Um, and I long for a day I love carrions. I love all of that. So I, let's have them every week if we could. Oh yeah. Um, I long for a day where we, we gather on a Sunday afternoon and it's not even a second thought of having to go sit. Like you look at a table and there's an, uh, there's, there's a couple in their sixties and there's a family with two kids and there's a single person and they're all at the table together. And that wasn't because we had to like arrange it in that way, but we just naturally care for each other that it's just one big family because this is the best family to be a part of. Yeah. The church family is a really good family. Um, but we got to invite more people into that. Yeah. We, we can't just let people sit on the outside. I didn't know you went to grace gathering. You uh, like visited it, I assume, right? Yeah. A few times, Addie, my girlfriend's in Fort Wayne. Um, for school. Uh, yeah. So she wanted to get a little bit connected when she's not back here. Yeah. We went and visited because my friend Grant, shout out Grant, not listening. Holy cow. The number of shout outs on this podcast, <laughs> by the way, are absurd. We haven't had, that was the first one. It's okay. No. Anyways. Grant, <laughs> not, not this one. I just mean oh, in general. Oh, oh you yeah. Guys, you guys bad. are constantly shouting It's because we love community, man. <laughs> Hit us up if you want to shout it out. Our first episode that we ever recorded. Yeah. We did like four times. We had to redo one because I shouted out the gas station. <laughs> That's how bad right, it was at continue. the beginning. <laughs> Grant, my friend Grant. His, Shout out Grant. <laughs> his dad, Pastor Norman, is like in charge of the three oh, campuses. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, my friends attend there. Yeah. It's our friends, yeah. Addie and I, Zach's friends as well. Um, so check yeah. it out a few times. It's an awesome place. Sometimes oh, it's, it's so cool great. to um, great. hear from new voices which for sure it's awesome why we have joel in now yep, um, yep. joel's doing but good just job. seeing new churches new community it's an awesome thing yeah i think a lot of times people are, are afraid of that notion of like 
oh, but I went here and that was really cool too. Um, cause we're fickle. Like we're, we're, we're creatures that go like that looks shiny. So we go to the shiny thing, but I think yeah. the church gets scared sometimes of, of that. But we always encourage people go experience other churches because one, you might find something that actually fits you a little bit better. Like churches, just like anything else, just have natural bents towards certain things. There are churches that are really, really big into missions. Find a church. If that's you and you have a heartbeat for that, find a church that's really into that. Um, it hurts when, when people leave, this is a family for me. Um, but I, I want them to, to grow in however God is growing them and whatever brings them closer to him is, is fine. Um, try out different churches. Sometimes it just even helps with like, Oh, I don't know. I don't like this. I don't like this. And then you go somewhere else and you go, Oh, okay. Well, they're doing that too. And maybe that's not a big deal. It's the whole mountains on a molehill things again, where you go, Mm -hmm. Oh, maybe that's just not even something to to complain about. They're all there. They all do this way. Maybe that's just a church thing or, or whatever. So, um, yeah. And we, we actually, we know some people over at grace gathering, uh, Craig at great. I think he might be leading worship at some other uh, campuses with them because they're three campuses, yep. but um, he helped with Rock for the Rock. He's a, he's a great guy. We know him for a long time now, too. So, um, yeah, we know a lot of worship people in Fort Wayne. So, yeah. uh, a, I, I like Grace Gathering a lot. It's a cool community, yeah. that worship community. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Cool Kids Club. But, yeah, and I'm also not saying that we have a bad community here at First Church. No. It's just difficult when you have a larger amount of people, and that's It totally is. That's and, and that's like, you know, the number one thing we tell people is if you want to find people, start by serving because serving automatically puts you in with a smaller group of people. It's just intimidating. People also like to come to big churches just to escape. Like people want to disappear for a while and that's okay too. Um, but there's, there are times where they try to get into some of those groups or they try to serve and then they're like, I don't know. It just feels like I'm not, I'm not able to connect with those people. And and so it's, it's okay to like, we're, we're doing okay, but it's also okay to challenge our people and, yeah. and go like, we could, we could do better though. Like I, I hear it enough that I know we can do better and I can do better. And so like, what does it look like to take the risk of asking somebody their name, asking how long they've been there. And then maybe next week doing that again and then going, what? just come over for lunch. Let's go to El Dorado. Uh, let's go to CJ's or like whatever it is. Yeah. Right? The nook. <laughs> the nook. Anywhere. Anywhere. The square. Like, yeah, you don't, you don't even have to invite them into your house, but like, uh, you can go to a restaurant, but Hey, let's go grab lunch. I want to get to know you more. And then like, that's a risk just with your peers. And then going beyond that and going that person from the outside, again, I look older than I am a lot of times, but, um, they look twice my age. I wonder if I could ask that same thing of them. What does it look like to go to lunch with somebody who's twice my age? Um, And one of the things I'm I'm learning the more that uh, I'm involved in in church is that there's always this like weird disconnect between young people and old people. And we think that there's this, this tension. (laughs) Um, And as I'm starting to get older, I think I'm starting to understand a little bit of the tension, which is (laughs) I feel... 26 in my brain. Like if you were to ask me how old I am, 
I have to stop to say 33 because I don't feel that age. And that gets, that's true as you get older. Like, yes, your body hurts and things like that. But mentally you're like, I I feel like I'm 45. And so then you're like, why am I, why am I not included in some of these things? And then I'm around young people and I'm reminded how old I am. (laughs) You guys, in the the last podcast, you were talking about the photo directory and these really old pictures. And I was like, oh, that wasn't that long ago to me. How long ago was that? It was one of the first things oh, that happened like when I started here. So ten it, years, it, it is like great. It is like ten years yeah. old, but ten years doesn't feel that old. And when when uh, Josh was like, "Yeah," so we found some really old pictures. I was like, oh, "Hey, hold on now." Well, when, when ten years is half of your life, that is a it, long it's, time. It's a whole different perspective, right? <laughs> Not even half my life. Um, wow. So I would love to though. That is half my life. I'm twenty. Not for me. Goodness. You're, continue. Anyway, who cares? Let me go put on some, let me go take some Advil. Jeez. That's how I feel right now. I'm taking medication. Um, all right. I'm so old. <laughs> my, my joints are already hurting. 13 years is not much older. No, it's not. Um, but I, I do like, that's another gap I would love to see bridged is there's a, there's a generation of people who age wise are really, really, um, advanced in years, 60 plus, but they want to know young people just as much as they want to know people their own age. Um, but we can't bridge that gap. And so again, risking it and going, Hey, we would never be found in the same circles outside of this place, but Christ unites us together and puts us together. And so that's valuable to me. And so I want to get to know who you are. It's scary though. I'm, I'm an introvert, and so, like, that is the most terrifying thing for me. You have to kick a little bit of pride away, too, if you're a younger guy. You're oh, like, absolutely. I'm not too cool for <laughs> no older crowd. I could gain a lot from a conversation. You a absolutely with. can, yeah. yeah. And, and that's, like, that's one thing for young people that I would encourage, because um, I needed it when I was young, too, is... Find somebody who you who you respect who is on uh, in years, and it could be ten years, it could be five years, whatever. But find somebody and intentionally ask them, like, "Hey, I see some things in you that I want to grow in, and I want to be like that. So, will you mentor me?" Um, and that is invaluable. The church needs to get better at that too, hmm. um, because there is so much wisdom and so many things that people have walked through, and you can just avoid a lot of hard things if if you just even talk with them. And they're like, I walked that and that was really hard. And you might go, I'm still choosing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause, cause we're young and dumb and we go, no, but it could be different with us. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm putting myself in your category now. You see how I did that? We're young and dumb. Hey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not wrong. Um, what, so, so what is good about the church then? Cause I want to, I don't want to say at yeah. all what's bad. I have one specifically for our church. I think that our church does a really good job of loving the youth well mm. um, through our children's ministries, our youth ministries, yeah. just all of that. I mean, I, I grew up in this church. I went through the children's ministry and the youth ministry. I felt really loved. Yeah. And then just seeing the people and the people that serve, just how much they love the kids. Like, my dad's been serving in the children's ministry for yeah. 16, 17 years, almost as long as I've been alive. And it's just cool to see his love for the next generation and see that through so many different people. I just, I like how we love our youth well and try to grow up young disciples in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I will say we have a great 
student ministry. Um, it's changed a lot over the years. It definitely has, yeah, yeah. But even when I was a student to now serving mm-hmm. the students, it's been awesome. Not going to steal Zach's, though. Um, I would say I know I touched on I would like our community to be a little bit tighter, but mm-hmm. I think our community is very, very tight um, when things go, like when trials happen or during hard times. Yeah. We really, really r- rally together. Yeah. Um, we come together, pray together. Yeah. I mean, we've done like prayer, what's the word, vigils? Prayer, prayer uh, for, prayer, right. for the, the, yeah, like there's like certain, prayer services, like prayer, people whatever. People that yeah. are sick, yeah. hurt, yeah. accidents, whatever. Yeah. We really come together. There's meals going to people. Like, we really love. Um, yeah. And I would just, so that's my, what I would like to see grow because I know it's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the most effective things that the church has ever done in history is it spreads when people are the hands and feet of Jesus and they're running to the places that other people are fleeing. So like even in the early church, when disease would break out and everybody's fleeing, Christians run in and Mm go, yeah, we're taking care of our families, but we're taking care of yours too. And we know that the outcome of this is probably dying. That sort of sacrificial love and being the hands and feet of Jesus made it explode. It made the church what it is now. Um, and so, yeah, we got to keep doing that kind of stuff mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. That's a good answer. Good answers, guys. Thank you. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's important to have those conversations yeah. though. Like what, what, what is it that we are doing? Okay. Like what is, what is it that the church is not doing well? And then not just cr- criticizing the church. Cause that's what I did for a long time. Um, especially in my like early, early coming back to church years, I would go, well, it's got this wrong and this wrong and this wrong. Um, not criticizing, but like acknowledging the weaknesses, but then stepping in and going, so I want to help fix it. Yeah. Um, and that's why, again, this podcast is one of those things where you go, I just want more community. I want people to know who, who each other is. And, um, you know, me and Abby Price don't really run in the same circles, but we're Noah Khan fans, and I watched a whole podcast on on her, and you can and some weird RA stuff. You can but. go up to her now at service or whatever, wherever you see her, yeah, right, and have an instant. Oh, we were late on this, and that goes back to your. Oh, hey, I'm Elijah. How long have you attended here? Right, right. And then go back to them next week and be like, oh, Have you listened to this song right. or whatever? It doesn't yeah. have to be anything deep. Right. It grows community. Yeah. It's one of those things that I was confronted with early on is just by the nature of being on the stage, like people feel like they know you and you don't know them. Um, so that's one of those things that like, I still don't know a lot of people at this church. I, I just don't. Um, and so I could be at Walmart and they, they know a lot of, I share my story on stage. I sing on stage. I'm, I'm up there a lot. They know so much about me and I don't even know their name. And that's, that's a hard bridge to, to gap sometimes mm-hmm. or gap to bridge. Bridge to gap. Whatever. Whatever. Gap. Bringing this to here is gap what I mean. Bridge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So sweet. Um, no other questions. This has been a long one, I'm sure. Yeah, so. we are elevated in time right now. Yeah, we're, we yeah. got to wrap up. We yeah. got our next guest walking in soon. But 
It's been fun, guys. It yeah. Thank you a lot for coming on. No problem. Um, if you guys want to reach out to Elijah, feel free to comment. Um, we'll get you guys connected. Don't text me. Apparently, I'm, oh, a, mo- really I'm a millennial in that aspect. Uh, I hate texting, so. No, I honestly hate <laughs> texting, too. I would mo- I'm a call guy. I call often. Um, but you're right. I, I, if anytime, I'm I'm always available for anything. So yeah, I mean that's the whole point of having yeah. people on is to connect and grow. Yeah. So um, yeah, thank you guys for listening, watching. Be- before we go, real quick. Oh my gosh, the real final quick, question. What's your dream vacation? We ask this to every guest. I don't know if you've been to the end of the episode. We almost forgot. The I'll be honest. Final question. No. <laughs> uh, dream vacation. I already yeah. know this. Um, I want to go, you know, those over the water huts, bungalows. Yeah. The bungalow things where it's like blue water and you're just like there. I want to do that. I looked into it one time and the one that I looked at was like 15 grand. So that ain't happening. (laughs) That that happens in this question. (laughs) You're good. Who Um, Who are you going with? Family? Uh, in, in this instance, it would just be me and my wife. That would be amazing. Um, Cause it just, it seems so peaceful and I'm, I just, I like that, that idea. So that's the dream. Yeah. I, I would, I would do a lot of trips, but that's the one where. Sweet. Yeah. That's so simple, whatever, whatever scratch offs yeah, I have to play. That's, or, <laughs> that's the most to the point answer we've ever had. Yeah. What, what, what other answers are you getting? Well, the people like want to hop all over. I'm man. not like hating on any of them, but like they have so many in mind that they just like keep listing and listing. And well, sure. I mean, I, I had to stop myself from the other two that I have, but uh, that's, that's the one that's at the top of the list. Uh, sorry. If, if this doesn't exist currently, but if we somehow can make it to the moon, I totally would oh, do yeah, that instead. Sure. Oh, oh, yeah. I, I want to travel in space, so that'd be the vacation, but that ain't happening. So let's make it a little bit more realistic with the $15,000 vacation. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> That's the answer. All right. Yeah. Like we said, thank you for coming on and spending your time no with us. We appreciate you. Yeah. Um, once again, feel free to comment please let us know how you like this um what we can do better or if you'd like to be on our next guest actually uh hit us up to be on which is exciting um so yeah thank you for uh listening watching the outreach project we'll see you next time peace peace say it say peace peace